presenting the ongoing series, HR Tech Now. Tune in as we talk with those who care about human resources technology today. And here we go. Five, four, three, two. Welcome to HR Latte, your connection to all things HR. Today's great HR department is foundational for today's successful business. Listen in as host Rayanne Thorne gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources. And now for your next cup of talent management, whipped to perfection. Hey, everybody. This is Rayanne Thorne with HR Latte. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm continuing my series, HR Tech Now, with a great guest. So excited to have him back on the show, Michael Heller with iReview. Hey, Michael, thanks for joining me again. Rayanne, Happy New Year. How are you? I am fantastic. Happy New Year to you. I'm so excited about 2016 and where we will see technology and the industry go throughout the next year. I think we'll see a lot of changes. I think by this time next year, we're going to be talking about something completely new and wonderful. Hope so. What do you think? I hope so too. But you know what I'm most interested in is I bet you we're going to see a lot more babies being named Ray, <laughs> Rayanne, something to have to do with Ray. Nothing to do with you though. I think that the whole Star Wars thing is going to completely blow it out of the water. And are you excited about that? I am so excited about that. I had several people message me and say, oh my gosh, the new heroine is named Ray. You're going to love it. So, and, yes, and I not am. only that, She's freaking awesome. She is awesome. It was wonderful, wonderful film. What a great role model for women. I know. I'm so excited about it. And it's kind of, she's self-made, you know, and there are many of us out there that have pulled (laughs) ourselves up from the trenches, maybe lived out on the desert for a long time, scavenging parts to put our life together. (laughs) I I know I did. So (laughs) it's nice to see a heroine out there represented. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I've been really excited about that. You know, something not to not to play on the theme, but I have a good feeling about this. Ah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's wonderful to have you back on the show. You joined me last spring when I kicked off a series on practitioners who start up their own tech companies in the space. And then, of course, we had you on our show, Intrepid HR, in the Dovetail booth at HR Tech. That was wonderful to have you part of the show. I know that Todd, my my partner in crime there, was very excited about it. I loved it. It was so much fun. And talking to you guys is, is always a pleasure for me. Not just because I love to hear the sound of my own voice, but I also (laughs) really feel passionate about what we're doing and how we're helping the industry. I do too. And I think it comes across when we talk about it and when we share about it. So with that, I would love for you to give us an overview of what you've been doing at iReview and then tell us a little bit about how you serve the industry. Absolutely. So iReview has been around for slightly over a year at this point. We are an organization that allows people to provide real-time performance feedback, or what I'm calling bursts of microfeedback, to their employees so that they can know what to keep doing when they do something well or what to stop doing when they're not. And then it takes all that information and aggregates it and helps managers write a better performance evaluation, whether it's at the end of the year, end of the quarter, whenever they want. Everything is done mobily and in real time. And we've been really excited about it. We've seen some really traction over the course of the year. And, you know, we're just looking for 2016 to be our next stepping stone into this journey that we're going on. Well, that sounds so exciting. And I am 
really looking forward to seeing where iReview goes. You know, that first year, some people say is the hardest. I actually think it's the second and third year that are the hardest. The first year you're running on adrenaline and ideas and excitement, and maybe you still have money, you know, and it's the second and third years where it's like, okay, now I have to really love this. I have to really like it. So I, I will be cheering wildly for you from the sidelines. And if there's anything that we can do, have you back on HR Latte and talk about it. Or, you know, we'd love to have you write a guest post on Intrepid HR also and talk about the life of the entrepreneur. That would be awesome if you'd, you'd be interested in doing that. Sure, absolutely. I can do okay. all that stuff in all Good. of my spare time as, a, as an entrepreneur. <laughs> and I know, I know, having a little bit of that experience myself, that it's there is not a lot of spare time. But I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to join us on HR Latte today. So let's sure. jump right in. In your experience, right, as a former HR professional, and we talked about this last year, and I get to talk to a lot of HR pros every day, either doing the show or in the course of my day as a marketing executive for a software company that serves the HR industry. And I know that you do too. You're talking to HR professionals daily, weekly, ongoing, um, getting ideas, getting feedback from them on your product. What do you think in talking to these HR professionals is the the biggest problem that they face daily when it comes to using HR technology? Yeah, I sort of anticipated you were going to ask this question, but I really feel like it depends on the organization and their life cycle of maturity. So in other words, if there's a company that's just getting into uh, what HR can really do for them. Like, let's say they just hired their first HR professional, right, right. and that professional is supposed to be doing all this compliance work, but nothing really strategic. Well, I think that at that level, the company is looking to solve all of their problems with the silver magic bullet. Ugh. And I think that in a lot of cases, HR technology tries to be everything to everyone. And honestly, we sometimes as practitioners, and I can say that being an HR geek myself, we as practitioners have sometimes bought into that, but then we're wondering why nobody's adopting what we're putting out to our stakeholders or our users. And in a lot of cases, I think that if we go to put out a system that's big and broad and has everything, and I think there's a need for that, you're going to get a lot of tools or pieces of that system that either aren't going to get adopted or are too complex or complicated to use. And the next thing you know, everybody says, Oh, uh, the HR system isn't working. It's the HR system. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not. But yes. I think that that comes back to the level of maturity that the organization has when they come to understand what HR can do. And also, I think it comes back to what the HR technologists, like myself now that I, I can say that, can provide to folks. So if there's a visionary in an organization that has come from the industry and felt the pain of an HR practitioner, I think that they're better suited to maybe answer some of the questions that the HR practitioner in the field has. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. You know, when when we were at HR Tech and conducting so many interviews and talking to professionals and thought leaders and and executives at this this conference, one of the things that we learned was that they're kind of shifting away from a full suite solution, a product that answers every question. And this speaks to a little bit of what you're we're just saying, that we're, maybe we can actually shop for best of breed. And That's right. not everything is what we need, right? We don't need everything in our toolbox. Maybe 
this month we just need a hammer, you know, and next month we need a a couple of wrenches to fix some things. And, And knowing what those things are that you need and having that strategic focus and being able to invest in best of breed products that solve the problem that you might be having within your organization or within your department or within one department within the organization. You know, management has a lot to do with uh, issues that happen within departments. And then sometimes it gets blamed on systems as opposed to people, right? And yeah. we can't always solve people problems with a system or a technology. So absolutely not. You know, and, and to, to uh, dovetail, on that point of using a hammer, think about the person that will, the handyman that will come to your house and fix something or put something up or do something you can't do. Right. Now, that handyman comes with a toolbox. That toolbox has the specialized tool that he or she needs to hang that picture frame or to fix that light fixture or whatever. That handyman does not come with their Swiss Army knife <laughs> that has all these little little tools on it right. to fix those problems. They, you know, the way I look at that is the professional, the guy who or the woman who really knows what they're doing, is coming with all of the right tools and not something that passes as a potential tool that looks like a tool that maybe you know. Look, there's a there's a pair of tweezers in a Swiss Army knife. Right. I don't know if I'd ever use them. As a matter of fact, I would guarantee they they rarely get used. Right. You know, and it's it's something like I said that that we've bought into. And thinking one size can fit all. And one of the things, you know, I have, I had a potential client that shall go nameless. And <laughs> I went in and talked to them. And when I first started talking, my approach is always tell me about what you're doing from a performance management perspective and tell me about what you're looking for. And they went into all this detail about how they want their performance management system to tie into goals and to tie into compensation and to tie into onboarding and to tie into recruiting and to be in all one place so everybody can go to where they're going. And I said to them, well, a couple of points. One, I don't think my system is the right system for you. Whoa. I don't, I don't want to waste your time. I want iReview to be adopted. Right. And I want people to really enjoy working with it. And I don't want to just sell it because I can put another notch in my belt. That's right. I want to sell it where it, where it makes sense. Uh, so maybe I'm not the best salesman in the world. I, I actually don't <laughs> think that I am. But, but they said, no, wait a second, though. Can we just see a demo? And I said, I'm happy to show it to you, but recognize that I don't think this is the right system for you because you're looking for all these things. And I know that they were at an early stage in their HR maturity level. Ah, okay. And they said to me, they want something broad. But then I said, to them, but let me ask you another question. In terms of your users, your employees, is are people doing their performance assessments? Because I know that's a big problem. It's, it's really a hard huge to problem. Chase down. Yeah. Right. And they said no. And I kind of knew that already. But I said, well, <laughs> why not? And they said, well, our process is too complex and complicated. and We want to make it simpler. And I said, so, but you're looking for something that can answer every problem. Every problem, have, yeah. Have all of these bells and whistles. You're making it more complex instead of going something simpler. So the way I look at it is eventually they'll come back to they will. where we are, but, they will. but they're not there yet. But I did want to talk them out of wasting their time and talking to them. So with that story, I want to I want to jump into the next question for you. And I hope you have your toolbox, your iReview toolbox <laughs> with you here, since we just used that analogy. If somebody were to come to me and HR professionals and say to me, hey, I've heard a little bit about iReview and I want to know a little bit, what do you know about it? And I, I could give them an overview. I could pull up the website. But what would be the perfect way to answer that question? And what is the primary issue that is in your mission at iReview to solve? Okay. So really, I want 
people to communicate more frequently and more effectively. And I want them to do that. I really feel like people can do that using technology as one resource. It's not going to replace a lot of the other resources that we have out there, like the phone, like a Skype call or even a face-to-face. But I want them to use technology to their advantage. So I believe what iRepeat does is solve the problem of helping it helps people communicate performance feedback more frequently. And it also helps with managers and because it assists them to communicate performance and not just an assessment. In my opinion, assessment is a very two-dimensional thing. At the end of the year, you provide uh, an annual assessment. At the end of the next year, you provide an annual assessment. In my opinion, performance should be an ongoing dialogue between manager and employee, between employee and peer, between manager and subordinate. They should be getting some performance feedback from their subordinates as well. And what I'd like to see and what iReview helps with is it helps people communicate performance feedback more frequently, and it gets them open to that. And the way that we do it is through a combination of the really simple-to-use interface you know, that's mobile-first, right. plus our, our great world-class training with our three components of here's how you use the system, here's how you get good feedback, here's how you receive good feedback, that sort of thing. It's awesome. And I want to I want to talk about maybe some exciting things on your roadmap and also talk to you about the life of an entrepreneur and maybe some mistakes you're seeing out there that other entrepreneurs or other startups are making. But before we do that, and before we take a break, I want to talk to you about the misconception that technology keeps humans apart. I love technology. It's a big part of my life. It's a huge part of my work. It has actually changed my life as a working professional. Right. And it changes. It's changed how I communicate with my children. So, of course, it's going to change in my family and friends. So, of course, it's going to change how I communicate in the workplace also. So looking beyond just mobile technology and looking at HR technology, recruiting technology, any type of IT solution that's part of the workplace, how do we fight that battle of folks that like things the way they've always been? And the argument that technology, all that does is keep people apart, right? When you think of a group of people on a subway and all their heads are looking at their phone, well, 20 years ago, all their heads were looking down at a newspaper, right? right. There isn't a big, <laughs> a big difference. Now they're, now they're looking at a phone. So what do you say in fighting that perception? Because it, it, technology is a big part of your work and your life. I know that you have children that you have to keep track of also and and a wife that you communicate with when you're working. So how do you fight that battle? Because I'm sure that you get some type of nudge every once in a while. Oh, technology, why do we need it? Yeah, that's true. Those people are usually the same people who are still taking their horse and buggy to work. I mean, right? there's a <laughs> huge population who, who shun the technology yes. and say, you know, there's no way we could have a horseless carriage, right? right? So I think there's only a very small population in the world. I shouldn't say that. In the U.S., I think there's a very small population that still takes a horse and buggy to work. Yeah, very Uh, small. So so (laughs) There are some, though. (laughs) There are some, absolutely. And again, I say the U.S. because I'm familiar with that. I bet you that there are lots of countries out there that, for one reason or another, do not use a car to get to their work or whatever, or or public transportation or whatever it is. But what I would say is that, I mean, just looking at a big picture, without technology, there would be lots of things that we don't have. And some people might think that that's good, and some people might not think that that's good. I mean, we get most of our news now, I believe, from yes. uh, this 
tube device that was introduced to us in the 1940s or 50s. That's right. Uh, I can't imagine that there's many households in the U.S. that don't have a TV. I'm sure there are, but I'm, I can't imagine that there are there are many households that don't have a TV. When you think about things like that, you start to realize that technology has a much bigger impact on everything that we do. You know, why are we not beating our eggs with a hand mixer? That's right. Uh, why are we not using a washboard to, right. to clean our clothes? All of these things, it, it's because we've evolved and we've, we've moved past technology now. That's right. I, so some people say, how do we fight the perception that technology keeps humans apart? I'll, I'll tell you a story. The other day, I was meeting with someone without technology and we just sat and had a conversation over lunch. This was a potential client, and it was a great conversation. As I was walking out, I happened to look over, and there was somebody sitting at another table who I worked with 10 or 15 years ago when I was at Booz Allen. And she got up, and we got up and hugged and talked, and I, I said, so great to see you. It's been such a long time. And she said, I agree. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry to hear about your dog, Pat. Uh. And oh, my gosh, you know, your daughter is so beautiful. It's so great to see her continuing to do ballet. And I would love to get together and hear a little bit more about what's going on with your company. It looks like you're doing some really great stuff. And I said, that's fantastic. Let's let's get together. I have your email address. I connected with her. We're getting something on the calendar. That's wonderful. Yeah. The, the, the issue is, you're, you know where I'm going with this. Obviously, yeah, she absolutely. Saw some of the things that I put and I put out there on Facebook. Now, so I would argue that technology doesn't push humans apart. I would argue that it pushes people that you wouldn't normally talk to more frequently together, whether you're directly interacting with them or not. So you take all of these social media tools or even, uh, I wouldn't call them business media tools, but things like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever the next thing thing, is. It's actually bringing a small, in my opinion, bringing a smaller global community together. I yeah, think that agreed with you. Yeah, it, it's, it's helping. It's helping. It's amazing how small the world has become to me anyway. I mean, I have friends in Scotland and Ireland and England and Australia and, you know, Asia, all over the world that I never would have had were it not for technologies like Facebook, like Twitter, like LinkedIn. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. HR Latte is brought to you by Dovetail Software, a SaaS-based HR case management and help desk solution to ease today's HR departments into tomorrow. Simple but powerful real-time employee engagement, knowledge management, and detailed analytics empower human resource departments and shared services teams to effectively handle any type of employee interaction. Dovetail Software, by HR, for HR. And we're back with Michael Heller of iReview. You're listening to HR Latte and our ongoing series, HR Tech Now. Michael, I've been thinking over the break, I thought a little bit about your product and what it does, how it helps an organization. And I likened it to waiting till the end of the year to do your laundry, right? Imagine the <laughs> yep. pile of laundry you would have if you waited until till the end of the year to do it, as opposed to keeping up with it and doing it, you know, once a week, twice a week, whatever you need to do to keep the pile out of your hallway or out from in front of your washer and dryer. I, I think that 
you know, maintaining, <laughs> right? Maintaining the laundry is much easier than trying to do a hundred loads of laundry at the end of Absolutely. a three month period, right? So I think that's part of the reason why so many HR professionals and managers, supervisors, and departments dread the annual performance review because it is so much information at once and so much time that they have to set aside to think about one individual that maybe they don't connect with regularly on a daily basis or see what they do, or maybe they did something back in February that was wonderful and they don't remember what it was, you know, or or they didn't know about it or nobody shared it with them. And I think that a product like iReview it keeps that ongoing process of let's keep, it's part of that employee engagement too, which is, you know, a big part of what we're talking about in human resources right now. Why wouldn't performance management be a part of employee engagement? I know, I know. I, you know, it's funny. I've never heard that analogy before, but I'm stealing it and I'm using it. It's fantastic. <laughs> the one, the one that I use that I've talked to people about are, you know, basically I, if I'm addressing a group of people, I say, you know, just by a show of hands, how many people in here have a 401k? And most people raise their hands. Right, it's not right. everybody. And I said, well, if you think about it, do you contribute to that 401k in the last two years before <laughs> retirement? And of course you don't do that because of course you don't. zero, yeah, zero yeah. cents. Well, if you think of the annual assessment as the 401k and January 1st as the beginning of your career, you should be contributing to your employees' 401k and your own 401k throughout the course of the year by doing little bits and pieces that don't impact your paycheck, that don't take that much time. After all, you're building that bank of feedback for your employees so you don't have to worry about it at the end of the year. So your analogy is actually really, really good. The analogy that I use is something like a 401k. Right, right. And of course, of course, it creates engagement. You know, when you think about it, I think I talked about it earlier, it's another vehicle for people to communicate with one another. And it's a great way to make sure that things are captured so you can go back to them. On the positive side, you're capturing these things so that you can uh, build an annual assessment. I'm using the term build for a reason. Because on the negative side, let's say, for example, somebody's just not doing what you thought they were supposed to be doing, or they're not performing like you thought they should be performing. And you need to, quote unquote, build some information as to why they should either increase their performance or like we used to say in consulting, we're going to encourage you to pursue excellence elsewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when you think about oh, it, man. it helps to build up that vernacular as well. That's right. So I review man, big year. Well, you're, you're well liked in the space. So you've got a lot of people that are following you and pulling for you and, and, you know, plugging out there for you. I know that you just engaged with a marketing agency, which is a big step for a startup. And what exciting things you have on your roadmap? Can you share anything fun you got going on? I can. And I want to do a little bit of personal and professional. So professionally, okay. we just launched a couple of great features. One, we have launched what's called personalized goals. Prior to this launch, we were able to assign feedback to corporate level goals at the top level. So corporate uh, culture competencies. Ah, okay. And now what we've done is we can allow managers or employees to set up their own personalized goals and have it roll up to each one of these corporate goals as well. So I think that that's one of the things that our clients have requested. We listened, we responded, and now we, we have this built inside I of our that. that people can do that. I love the that. Thing that. Yeah, it's been really, really well received. The second thing that we recently launched is a dashboard for administrators. And that's um, going to take 
a snapshot and visual of lots of different data within iReview at their particular company and provide things like, you know, who's been naughty, who's been nice, who's provided feedback, who hasn't, what feedback pieces. So in other words, which goals are being most used or which are being least used? And, you know, what are people saying about, you know, themselves, others, things like that. So using keywords and and everything like that. In the next 12 months, I can't go into too much detail, but stay tuned. I can't wait. We're going to be able to provide, yeah, really neat information based on our culture cloud, which is one of the pieces of dashboard that we have that's going to help organizations know their culture before doing an employee satisfaction survey or an engagement assessment. So they're going to be able to look very quickly and take a virtual temperature of their employees. We're really excited about that. That is Um, really exciting. Yeah. And at that point in time, we're like, okay, we've got some really neat stuff that we're going to be doing. Personally, last year, I don't make resolutions. I carry themes because I think resolutions sound so finite. Right. (laughs) So last year, my theme was, I want to give without expecting reciprocity. And I found that it's made all the difference in the world. That was a big hurdle I needed to personally overcome. I always thought of this, and and I know this is a bad word in HR. I always thought of it as quid pro quo. Well, I do something for you. You're going to do something for me. I decided that if I wanted to do something for someone, I was going to do it. And if I couldn't, I was going to explain why. And I did that. It made all the difference in the world. I think karmically, if that's a word, it was better for me as a whole. And I know this sounds very Zen and Buddhist-like, but I really felt like that helped me on my journey. You know, that's year, that's really interesting, Michael, because when I first met you, I would have never thought that that was a goal for you because it felt like you just were that. You lived that. You were very giving. And I know that you know, know many people in the space that have very good, high quality things to say about you and because of how you give back how you give back in the industry and give to other people. So whatever you decided, the theme that you decided to broach in 2015, it worked for you because it it was Thank wonderful you. to meet you and and feel like you're part of my posse now. And, and <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you back because I want to talk about what you've got going on at iReview. Those things that you've shared with us are sound fantastic. So I know that you have one uh, something else to say about what this year, would you do with resolutions or? Yeah, this year. So the theme this year, is providing more and excellent content for other geeks like me. There you go. You know, I'm working on something with two other people that we're going to push out there. I wouldn't call it a radio show, but something that's more uh, podcast-like that talks about HR and talks about everything from, you know, our perspectives. And I'm really looking forward to that too. Well, you'll have to make sure you let me know because I will help promote it and talk about it here on HR Latte as well. So since you brought up giving back to others out there, other techies. Um, One of the things that we heard a great deal about at HR Tech in 2015 in Las Vegas this last year was the Startup Pavilion and how great it was. And, And you and I talked a little bit about this, that it's interesting how there are ideas out there for technology and people just run with the ideas because they know that human resource is an industry where technology is is embraced. We want to make our job easier. We want to help people. We want to help organizations grow. And we understand that human resources is foundational for a successful company, right? All of those things that we say about HR. And what I've seen is that a lot of times ideas are thought up by somebody who has no idea what it's like to acquire the right talent for an organization and absolutely no idea what it's like to manage or retain 
that talent within an organization. So they don't come with an understanding of what human resources is all about. If you could give somebody some advice as a startup professional, as an entrepreneur, somebody who has taken your knowledge of the industry and built a product based on a need that you saw, what would you say to those folks that are out there lining the startup pavilion? They had the most people ever, most booths ever in the startup pavilion this year. Um, <laughs> okay. And we're probably going to see maybe one third of them still around in a year from now, right? What kind of advice right. would you give? Well, I like to call it the vanilla ice paradigm, Rand. <laughs> so, so what I mean by that is that, that the reason we were able to adapt and push out personalized goals is because we wanted to hear what our customers and our prospective customers had to say. So what I would say to the folks to help them stick around, and who knows, maybe in a year I won't be around. I doubt it, but I, I hope that I am. I think you stop, will be. <laughs> stop, collaborate, and listen. Work with the folks that are in your space, that are subject matter experts, and talk to them about what they need. And what I've seen is that, and again, this is so great for the IT professionals or the developer professionals, they want to go and build it so quickly and better and with less lines of code and with this functionality or this piece that's never been done before or this piece they grabbed from GitHub. But okay, does it solve a problem? Does it answer somebody's question? Right. You know, those are the types of things that I have to remind sometimes my development team, hey, hold on for a second. Let's put that in the nice to have column before we before we build it. And by the way, all of those ideas are great. They're awesome. But does it answer a question right now? One of the things I learned about being an entrepreneur was if the timing's not right, you're you're destined for failure. Timing has to be right. It just has to be right. This has been such a great conversation. And I knew, I knew it was going to go way too fast, Michael, as usual, as per usual for us. Do you think we're still going to be talking about employee engagement in 2016? Um, it probably, but I'm, I think they're going to change. They're going to change what they're calling it because mm-hmm. I think right now it's going to be big, but I think we're numb to it. Yeah. I think that everybody's been talking about it. So enough already. Let's just do it. I don't even know that people understand what it, what they're true, really, truly trying to do. And are they actually doing it or are they just talking about it? I read a study yesterday that said th- only 32% of employees are engaged that are really engaged, that like their work. That's horrific. (laughs) It's it's horrific. Now, is it because everybody is angsty nowadays in the workplace? I doubt it. I think it's because we're... some companies are focused on the right stuff and some companies are focused on the wrong stuff. Yeah, well, we can name a few on both sides, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we won't. We'll, we'll move on. Right, right. Anything that you loved that you saw last year in the last year, a new tech, maybe a, a quote, maybe a, a great marketing campaign you saw? Anything that you'd love to share with us before we perform? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that branding, employment branding, not product branding, but employment branding is becoming such a big deal it's been around for a while. It's nothing new to what right. we're doing. But now it's it's seeping its way into the common vernacular and people are becoming specialized in it. Like I'll give you an example. Oracle's branding campaign over the holidays was fantastic in my opinion. I thought what they did was they tried to reach out to potential employees or, or potential candidates and said, hey, by the way, take this quick quiz and we'll tell you which part of San, Santa's crew you would be. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> I loved Fun, it, yeah. Nice, yeah. I had Celinda Appleby as part of that team that created that on the show last week, and she was it just just brilliant to hear why 
organizations feel a need to come up with better content that that will drive traffic to their career sites, that will drive interest, that t- tells the truth. And one thing she said to me that will stick with me forever is, if if you're a Ferrari, be a Ferrari. But if you're a Toyota, yeah. don't be a Ferrari. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to be true. <laughs> I, you have to be true to who you are. And, and Oracle's definitely doing that. So, And other organizations are doing the down same. To earth. Yeah, yep. she's brilliant and down to earth all at the same time. She's fantastic. Well, a quick plug out there to Celinda Appleby and Life at Oracle. <laughs> Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before you get away, how can folks reach you and learn more about you and iReview? Sure, absolutely. You can reach me on Twitter at Michael underscore Heller. You can get to me at mheller at engagiant, E-N-G-A-G-I-A-N-T dot com. And you could go to engagiant.com to find out more about iReview. Perfect. Thanks so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure to have you here on HR Latte, part of the ongoing series, HR Tech Now. Thanks, Rand.